Hey, this is Joe Buca with another episode of Man Up, the podcast to help men reject passivity and accept responsibility. Um, I, I've mentioned this book before. It's a book called Suffering by Paul David Tripp. I, I, actually, if you listen to any of my other epi- episodes, you've heard me mention Paul Tripp's New Morning Mercies, a um, couple different books of his that I've read, uh, devotional books. But this one is where he shares his journey and his struggle with uh, um, kidney-related complications. That's that's a really an understated way to say he's had some major setbacks in his life physically. And I and I, to be honest, I've really never, other than an ankle surgery that I had two years ago, uh, where my had my ankle rebuilt because of constant um, rolling my ankle. I really haven't suffered. I mean, the, the two weeks month after my surgery and even now still I've got some residual effect but I'm going through physical therapy again and it you know just in light of physical suffering I really haven't endured much I know that will likely come at some point in my life but you know my life has been fairly easy in terms of other traumatic things I mean in working with people in my counseling practice you know the people I see have way more difficult issues and way more complicated struggles than I think I've experienced in my life uh, to this point. But, but I want to share a few things just that Paul Tripp shared that have really, that really uh, kind of point to what I want to talk about today. And really what I want to talk about is the illusion of control. He, that's what he refers to it as. And basically he says that, you know, we, uh, suffering causes us to look at our lives and deal with the fact that we really do have little control over our lives, that most of the things that impact our life are things that um, we actually really don't have control in his context, you know, ultimately that God has control. And that's where he talks about comfort in the sovereignty of God, uh, resting in the different attributes that, you know, God in his grace and his mercy and his kindness and his love for us. Uh, and, and really what suffering, I think, often in different degrees exposes as I watch other people or enter into other people's suffering, is it exposes that God is not obligated to ever answer the question why. And I, in, in this chapter uh, on the comfort of God's sovereignty, toward the end of the book, he really addresses this idea that, you know, people ask the why questions, and in a sense, he doesn't say it this way, but I've seen this, that people hold God hostage, like, you know, I deserve an answer, you, you should give me an answer, to why the why, and I found through journeying with people that are going through great losses that the why is often a, a elusive thing. That understanding why we are going through different things, and I think you know what suffering uh, really has revealed in my life in different ways. And and I've again I'm more observing it as an outsider or trying to enter into suffering with family members or friends, but also with my clients, is that I really see that suffering exposes our vulnerabilities and our weakness. And and I think our weakness can lead us in a couple of directions. One is it can lead us into a direction of fighting for control, which that never turns out well. Um, the, it almost is like the more we fight to be in control, and that's true in my life when I feel a sense of chaos or out of control, the more I fight to be in control, the more... Um, damage seems to occur and and so part of what I want to 
say today is, is it really does come down to sometimes dealing with the fact that uh, I am not um, in control and I actually I don't want to be fully in control as, in terms of in a grand picture that that really is God's business and God doesn't have to answer and oftentimes his mystery of why he does the things he does I have to learn to, to set with that and be okay with the fact that this is a mysterious thing. I, I'll never really fully understand why did this happen? Why do certain people struggle in certain ways and others don't? I mean, I certainly have seen that as I've seen moral failure among my friends uh, and, and even my clients thinking, okay, they outwardly have a more disciplined life than I do, and yet when I look at my life, I see this, um, you know, this, if you will, a protection and, and it really almost leaves me wondering, like, why, did, what did I do to deserve this protection? And I know well enough to know, in reality, I've really done very little, if anything, to really deserve uh, the protection of what some failures would, would lead me toward. I mean, whether it's financial failure, whether it's moral failure, whether it's failure in a relationship and in relationships, you know, and ultimately, I think, this idea of, and I've talked about this before, of really surrendering to God's will. I love the 12 steps of AA. I love the principles there that that really my life has gotten chaotic. And I'm really, the key is understanding that chaos has come because of blank, whether it's alcohol, drugs, sex, um, uh, <laughs> feeling out of control. And the only way I can restore chaos is to surrender myself. They, in AA, they use the term higher power, but in my case, surrendering myself to God, surrendering myself to the Lordship of Christ, which really does allow me to begin to experience perspective and strength. I, I, I think you know, one of the challenges is that suffering produces confusion. And one of the things Paul Tripp says is that you know, one of the keys is not allowing our suffering, the confusion of our suffering to redefine for us who God is. And I think, again, that, um, you know, our hope is not in, 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 this is a quote from him, hope is found not in trying to solve all the mysteries that suffering brings our way, but in running into the arms of the one who has no mystery and offers us his presence, power, and promises. And, and again, God God's ways are not our ways. I mean, I can I can quote a bunch of different scripture, but you know, ultimately, you know, being able to understand that God is involved in my life. He is with me and for me even when it feels like he's not. And that truth that he's with with me and for me is something that really does give me hope. Um one of the last principles he talks about, uh, it's under the heading of God's rule as an expression of his character. Uh, he says God, his rule is an expression, not a contradiction of his love. His rule is an expression, not a compromise of his wisdom. His rule never betrays his grace. His rule is an extension of his of his justice. His rule pictures his holiness. His rule, he rules in mercy. His sovereign sovereignty is tempered, directed, and expressed by his character. And because of that we can rest in the fact that he is perfectly holy, lovingly wise, and good in every way. And and really that, not that things will work out the way we want, or not that there, things will work out kind of the, the cliche of Romans 
8:28. You know that God causes all things to work together uh, for good. Although the context of that is His good, not necessarily what we perceive as good. And so, being able to rest in the fact that we have a loving God who really does is aware and is involved, even though we don't feel it or see it in our lives. So, anyway, that's my thought for today. Hopefully, that's a helpful thought. Uh, those are some helpful thoughts and. Uh, just the idea of surrendering to his grace and mercy.